It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Volume. College football fans, the championship is here. And DraftKings Sportsbook is making sure you can throw down on the epic showdown for a shot at big bucks. New customers can score 150 instantly in bonus bets for betting $5 on the championship game. No SEC schools in the championship is wild, but it should be a fun one. On DraftKings right now, Michigan is a four and a half point favorite and the over under is set at 55 and a half. Download the app now and use code Jenkins, J-E-N-K-I-N-S. New customers can score 150 instantly in bonus bets for betting just five bucks on college football. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code Jenkins. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome to Jenkins and Jones on the Volume Podcast Network. It is Saturday, January 6th. Oh! Oh, it's, it is quite a Congratulations to those who celebrate. Hey, happy. <laughs> yeah, happy anniversary. <laughs> oh, man. You, y'all just happened to stumble onto one of those episodes. We are very happy to welcome on our special guest today. You know him from Secret Base. He is at Kofi Y on TikTok and Twitch. Kofi, we found a real-life Pistons fan to talk to. Thanks for coming on the show, man. Dude, thanks for having me. It's always good to talk about uh, 
The Detroit Pistons, baby. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's what the people want, man. For always, sure, man. Always a, always a fun time. <laughs> yes, sir. Good to have you on, bro. I, I love the background. It looks like the uh, the Mac Miller watching movies with the sound off album cover. Yeah, and shit. It does. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, so. yeah. I'm in a I'm in a hotel room right now, so I got I have the I have the mobile set up. So. Okay. What hotel, okay. bro? I'm, let's, I guess we don't. We don't want to Damn, John, you know? calm down, bro. The red background, brother. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that looks fancy, fancy. It looks so, so how's, how's the new year going for you? You know that the Pistons ended 2023 with a win. Um, they left no delusions of how 2024 was going to go and have it one since. So, so where are you at? Like, you know, with the Pistons, with you, with your hosts for them for the new year and the season and, and all that. So, I'm gonna start off with a story, Tyler. You oh, yeah. hit me up. In in like you DM me on December fourth, mm-hmm. being like, "Hey, when the Pistons break this losing streak, you're gonna be on our podcast." Yes. Sir. And what I said was, "I will see you in February." <laughs> 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 but but like all jokes aside, it did take a month for it us did. to get here. Yeah. <laughs> it took an extra it month. Like, <laughs> yeah. But. I feel like the win was like it was cool. It was a cool spectacle, but it was just like a now every it was cool because it was a national spectacle. It became a national because going into the year, the Detroit Pistons, we had five national TV games. Sorry, four national TV games. Three of them are like on NBA TV. So I re- don't really count those as like true national TV games. Yeah. And I was expecting us to be like, OK, we're going to be bad, but like no one's going to be paying attention to us. Like no one's going to really be given like the like have eyes on us or whatever. And then as we get to like win streak, uh, sorry, lost streak 20, I see like Bleacher Report post about it. I'm seeing ESPN post about it. I'm like, oh no, 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 this is about to be history. You know, we about to be a Jeopardy question in two and a half years. <laughs> if, this, if this don't keep going, right? So, and then um, I watched the Celtics game on a plane. Right. So I'm out here refreshing like NBA League Pass on Delta Wi-Fi. Right. And I'm, like we had a 19 point halftime lead that went away. That was the quickest lead I've ever seen go away like that. So getting that win, it was cool seeing everybody cheer for us. But now it's like, hey, we're still bad. The problems are still here and they're not going to go away anytime soon. So it was cool for that day. It was cool getting that wing stop. But the next day after the wings were all digested, we had another game. <laughs> And then you lost by like, we lost by like 20 plus to the Rockets. So I was like, oh, we're back. Okay, cool. <laughs> Are you in Detroit? Did you get, you got the wings? No, I'm not in Detroit. I live in, oh. I live in Los Angeles. Oh, okay, um, okay, okay, okay. So I ordered wing stop. In, so I, I ordered wing stop full price in solidarity. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I want to know about the streak. How many games did you, like, were you really a every game, every minute Pistons fan? Like, you really suffered through the whole thing? Like, you're you're tapping into the Celtics game on playing Wi-Fi? Like, how much of it did you really take directly to the face? This is the worst, I've, this is the worst way I've ever used League Pass. I'll just say that mm. like it, it was like you know certain like you're a fan of a team but it's an 82 game season you're not trying to watch all 82 of like one team at sometimes if you're trying to stay like you're trying to like really stay in tune like national like you got like bounce around a couple of times you know but the pistons after like starting two and one i was like okay watched all three of those games this is cool then the loss the losing streak happened like the losing streak was starting and i was like okay I am very intrigued, but I like watched all of those games because now that I'm on the West Coast, it's easier for me to like keep in touch with like those games at a nice time. 
And then I think the real breaking point was the Wizards game, right? Because we had the losing streak, but we looked at our schedule and the, the game was marked on the calendar. At least we got the Wizards, bro. If we lose to the Wizards, we, we know that we're in some deep shit, right? Mm-hmm. But and then Wizards fans likewise were like, yeah, we have this Pistons game circled too because we know we're bad, but we're trying to figure out how bad. Then the Wizards beat us by 19 and emptied their bench. Like they they pulled out the starters, and I was like, oh yeah, we're in rock bottom. So I've been watching every game up until then. And yeah, it's it's I don't even know. I don't even have the words, bro. What what are what, what are the expect what are the expectations you came into this season with, right? Like, because um Cade has taken a leap. Cade has, you know, we, we lost him early last season. You know, so we we really couldn't see, you know, if he was going to sophomore slump or, or make that sophomore leap. But he's for sure taking a leap this year. That dude is a hooper. So what were like your expectations coming into this season? I didn't really come into this season with win loss expectations. I was like, hey, everybody's back. But this is like the youngest team in the league. If by the end of the year you can see development between everyone here, whether it's uh, Isaiah Stewart or Sarah Thompson, if you can see like real development, real progress being made, I'm totally fine with this. And I feel like I think Tom Gore spoke to uh, the press and like talked. And he's like, yeah, we believe that this was a play in team. And I was like, oh, boy, this is <laughs> way off. Yeah. But I don't but I don't. But seeing them seeing this team win 17 games last year and Kay Cunningham only played like 12 of them right. and getting Kay Cunningham back. I can understand why they would think that that could turn into like, oh, I can see 30. I can see that. Like, but for me, I was like, let's let's hold on a second here. Like, let them all let Cade get his like legs back, let them all play together. But but seeing Cade be this good at the end of the losing streak was really optimistic to see because I was really scared that like I was really scared that like we were going to be losing all these games and still like everyone is still developing bad habits because we're playing so bad that was the that was the real fear why are you still a pistons fan like what? How, how did you even become one like we need the whole story uh, yeah 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 as, but a, like, as, a, as someone from raleigh north carolina that's odd yeah uh, <laughs> um so my mom is a public speaker she was a public speaker uh, and whenever whenever she would travel she would always get sports memorabilia from whatever city, wherever she went, because I became a sports fan, but my parents weren't. So it was so my parents were like, there wasn't like a, oh, the only team that I like latched onto is my dad went to Duke. So we watched Duke basketball. That was the only mm-hmm. team. Everything else, clean slate. Um, so my parents, my mom brought back Detroit Pistons memorabilia. And then she went to Cincinnati, brought back Bengals memorabilia. And then I'm a Mets fan for other reasons. And then I'm a Carolina Hurricanes fan. So, like, my fandoms are all over the place. That is all over so, the place. And there's well, not a lot of soft landing spots in there either. No, there yeah. isn't. There isn't like a, oh, that's okay. You're, you're going to have a, a fun sports <laughs> decade. But <laughs> why are you still a – you could, you could like, in, in the age of, you know, rooting for players, you could easily just not sign up for this. And for a team to get to the point where they're not just bad, like you said, they were like – nationally intriguing bad like everybody was so interested because they were so bad this is the perfect time to say hey bro i've gone far enough and you're still locked in and i think i think there's something you know you know i respect that but i just wonder what is it you know that that keeps you like locked into these 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 this team 
I think that it would have been different if Detroit was as a franchise historically bad forever. Yeah. I think that as a Pistons fan, I was able to watch them win the NBA finals okay. and being a part of a team, even though, even though I was like really young for that, being a part, like it was so cool being a part of that. And a lot of people like on Twitter, they'll be like, yeah, that was the coolest championship. That was the, those bad boy, pit. like that, that was something that like has still like stayed with me forever because yeah. I find it, I find it more rewarding. I don't know. When I when I was a Duke basketball fan, I went to Maryland, and Maryland was like, "We don't do that here." I'm like, "Like drop the fandom, right?" Yeah. But as a Duke fan, <laughs> what year did you go to Maryland? Just up, wondering. What were you? What uh, year was 2013, 2017. Okay, okay. Yeah, so he was about a I decade past there. There. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, yeah, I was like yeah. Juan Dixon, but there yeah, was a point where Maryland I, did, I, in fact, do the basketball shit. You know, the I Juan forgot Dixon how young he was. I forgot how young he was. Yeah. Juan Dixon, Wilcox, go ahead. I remember when. Like I watched a couple of Duke national championships when I was growing up, right? Mm-hmm. And then I feel like it, there's some part of me that was just like, yeah, it's way more rewarding to be a fan of a bad team for so long, and it pays off when they're actually good again. So for me, when the Cincinnati Bengals made it to the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. I was like, oh yeah, this has been a decade in the making. This is cool. Like this is one of the coolest things. So I don't know. That's just how I. Especially working in sports, I feel like it's just it allows me also to like disassociate more. Where it's like I'm when growing like in college, it was like no cheering in the press box and all of that. You're supposed to. Stop. I'm like that's that's fine. The Bengals aren't doing anything for a while, you know. Right, right, like, right. That was, that was easier then, but now that that kind of has blurred over time. Like it's I'm still like those are still my teams. So yeah. One thing one thing I realized is that in those those groups that you'll be talking with, with other Pistons fans is that they're real hoops fans. Like yeah. going to Clippers games is really fun because they're they're I mean I hate to say it, but LA fans are are Los Angeles Lakers fans, not basketball fans. A lot of them when I'm going you know, when I'm going to those games. Like the Clippers fans, I feel like I'm actually talking about basketball with Clippers fans when I'm talking about basketball with Clippers fans. You know what I'm saying? Not just he, the Clippers themselves. Do you think that there's more like a spectacle to just like the Lakers game? Like you're going to a Lakers think, game, but that's like something that you have to do whether you like if you like live in the city, like you gotta go to the Lakers mm-hmm. game. Like in, like a Clippers game is like I want to be here, watch the team. I've loved the team for a decade plus. You know all of that. I, I, I but even not just that. I think it's just a price thing. Like anytime it's cheaper yeah. to get into something, there's going to be more real people at that thing, right? Like that growing makes sense, up, yeah. I was a Lakers fan, but we only went to Clippers games. I've talked about it on the pod because literally at Ralph's, if you mom bought two gallons of milk, you got a free ticket to the Clippers game. So <laughs> you we would just go see. Oh, okay, I could go see Charles Barkley. You know what I mean? So it was a, the, like you said, the people who was like, "Oh, who who's in town this week? I really want to go see him." Right, You're not going right. to go to the Lakers game unless you have seven hundred dollars lying around. But you can go to the Clippers game even now, even when the Clippers are good. That's still true if you go look at the yep. ticket prices. Yep, <laughs> yeah, that's real. Attention, all wrestling aficionados! Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. 
Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the Challenge Gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, I have a question. We talked to Jason Timph about this, and his feeling was that so much of what happened with the Pistons was at, he, he's, he disagreed with the Twitter narrative that the, the Pistons were like a roster full of spare parts that someone like shook out and then dumped on an NBA court. And he feels like Monty Williams deserves a lot of the blame for misusing guys, for sort of mystifying lineups. For I saw you were retweeting some of the stuff about why is Jaden Ivey playing four minutes a game? <laughs> and you're playing some of the worst people in basketball, 30 plus minutes a game. So how much of it do you think is on Monty or I guess like how much of it with a different approach could have been avoided? Um, or do you think it's just kind of the roster construction? At the end of last season, Troy Weaver wrote a letter to the fan base saying that we will be better. We, I understand these are tough times. This is year three in the real rebuild. And you know what he did in the free agent offseason? He signed Joe Harris and Monty Morris. <laughs> I'm just going to let that simmer for y'all. Um, <laughs> for those of you playing at home, Joe Harris is not in the rotation, and Monty Morris has not touched the floor this year. All right. So Troy Weaver was like promising that it's going to be all right, whatever. I, I promise we're going to. Okay. Then a whole losing streak. I haven't heard a word from Troy Weaver. And Tom Gore's talking to the media was a big deal. But even then, his words were like, say what you say. Like, we're doing everything outside of winning. We're giving back to the community. And I'm like, Tom, this ain't the time, buddy. Fuck the community. Uh, we want some W's. <laughs> he, went the, he, went, he went the motherfucking, the, 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 the Russell Westbrook with his pictures of his family. This is family, the guy you hate I, around, right? I didn't, I, didn't notice, I didn't notice that until, like, people started pointing that out. I had no idea. People were yeah. like, yeah, this, look at this dude. Look at this nice. How can you say something bad about this athlete with his family? But to the Monty point, 
I think that Monty has been dealt a bad hand with this roster construction. However, when you ha- when you're dealt a bad hand, sometimes you can also just not play that hand as best as you can. Um, and it, it, whenever there, guess just guess how many different starting lineups the Pistons have had. Just guess. It's been what thirty five games. Just about thirty five games. Um, guess how many? Sixteen. Eighteen. Jeez. Yeah, that's a good guess. The Pistons have started 18 <laughs> different starting lineups in uh, like 35 games. And some of it is due to the fact that the Pistons have had a lot of injuries this year, whether it's Bogey, Duran, Stewart, Hayes. I get that. But then there are some starting lineups that you see that you're like, what is happening? Like I, when, when Isaiah Liver started against the Jazz, all of the replies underwards were like, what are we doing? Why? There's no reason for this, you know? But that's the thing. It's like sometimes you see a coaching decision and it's like, I think that Monty is trying his best. However, I think that he's also tinkering too much because a lot of players, like some players will play like 30 minutes one night and then like 11 the next. And some of these changes don't feel performance-based, especially when it comes to like Asar and Livers and Ivy, like they don't feel performance-based at sometimes. So it's it just makes it a Wiseman and Bagley, like the play, whoever, which one of those two gets to play, it just feels like he flips the coin sometimes from some days. How do you feel about Monty for the job? Like I think Monty's a good coach, but it's hard being a coach. Some people are good at coaching good teams. Yes, you know what I mean. Exactly. And some people, I think, are. I mean, he's see, he seems like he's trying, but it's like you have to accept maybe that this is not going to be a good squad. And get the best you can out of the the best players you have, and I don't think he's accepted that. But do you I, think I, Monty's the guy for the job, or there might be somebody else out there? This roster is built so poorly, in my opinion, that I it's hard to me for me to be like, yeah, Mike D'Antoni will fix this. Like it's hard for me to like point to a yeah. dude and be like, they're gonna they're gonna do like. I feel like anyone that was like handed this like this collection of players would would struggle so there's yes. parts of me that understand why monty williams has been ex- experimenting for half a season but there's also some things where i feel like the pistons will do something good one game and then monty williams will not revisit it and mm-hmm. there's there's where I, there's where we're like oh the game that we won to break the street kevin knox started at the four and then I think the game after a game or two after that, he's out of the starting lineup. And this is like all with Isaiah Stewart being hurt and all of that. So it, it's just really puzzling sometimes. And I, and it's also puzzling when you add on like the press conference quotes at the end where he's like, oh, yeah, I didn't really like he'll add it. And we'll be like, OK, I don't know what's going on here. I don't know yeah. what this man is cooking. So. I don't think he knows I, what's going on. I, well, he, he literally said after the last game, yeah, I didn't yeah. even think about it. Didn't he say that? Like he's yeah. like, I didn't even think about it. I just did this. Like, yeah, he's he's trying. He's just trying like switch stuff up. And I know that the season is lost already. Like we don't have to say anything about that. But like, I don't know, man. It's just seeing like all this like flux. Well, everything's in flux, and we're still like bad. So it doesn't feel like it. Just feels like we're just treading water. Yeah, I'm yeah. um, um, going on on John's point about how Monty just might be a good coach when he's got a good team. Like I've I've always had a theory that 
there's basically two types of NBA coaches, right? You're either a maximizer of talent or you're a developer of talent, right? It's why you often see when you have a team on the come up, on the brink of winning a championship, the guy who built that team usually gets the boot because he's hit his ceiling, right? Like we saw Mark Jackson. Golden State. Right, we saw yeah. that in Golden State with Mark Jackson, Steve Kerr. We saw that in, um, you know, Chicago with um, Doug Collins and Phil Jackson. You mm-hmm. know, we saw that again in, in, uh, with the Lakers when Phil Jackson got that job again, right? And, you know, and, 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 and you know, building on the Steve Kerr shit, we see how he's struggling with developing the younger talent that they have mm-hmm. there now, right? Mm-hmm. Guys are usually like developers or maximizers, you know, in, in my opinion, which is why I think Pop is like the best coach of all time because I think we've seen him develop and maximize talent. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but yeah, I, I think that, that, you know, even if they don't think Monty is the guy for the job, he's the most, he's the highest paid coach in the league. Like, mm. like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, are you really going to, you know, you know, cut, w- cut weight with him and, and, you know, just have that contract eating up your cap for years to come? Because I'm a firm believer that fired coach is the best <laughs> job in the world. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like fired coach with years left on your contract. That is the best fucking job you could have. Sign so, me the fuck up, man. <laughs> right. Hell yeah. Easily. Easily. <laughs> easily. But, but yeah, like I said, I don't know how much we can blame Monty here because, you know, he doesn't have a lot to work with, but we can for sure criticize how he's, you know, working with the shit that he has. You feel right. me? Yeah, exactly. I think I think it flips like it flips like every five minutes, honestly, where you like look at the bench operate and be like, oh, this is the worst bench in the league. But then you also look at the coin and you're like, Alex Burke, Alex Burke's paid 32 minutes this game. And it's like you'll look at it and it'll be like some part frustrating, but some part, like I understand that he's trying everything and like, I get it. So I respect you, the loyalty of you saying like, you're just in it. Like, you know, and you're, you're obviously, like you said, the season's lost, et cetera, et cetera. But my, my question is, um, given that you're still clearly tapped in, like what's the win? Like what, what are you hoping for this season? Is it just draft picks? Is it like, are you still thinking like, no, okay, I want to see development from, you know, these core guys or whatever, like what, what sort of like, what is there left to root for? I guess when you're already, is it just not going on a 30 game losing streak now? Like what, what's the upside that you are hoping for, for the rest of the season? I think the upside for me is like being able to watch Cade, watch Jalen Duran, watch Ivy when they do have their good games. Like it's cool to it's it's interesting to be like, hey, even through all of this, you guys can still like have your good games or still whatever. And as someone that loves Kay Cunningham and just you see all the tweets where someone's like, yo, if Kay Cunningham just had like an inkling of more help. And it's just like that that, that like keeps me going a little bit because knowing how special Kay Cunningham is. And I think that that's probably one of the silver linings of this is because now now that we had all this attention to the Detroit Pistons, you guys, people were able to see truly how good Kay Cunningham is, even despite all of this. Um, I think that that was a that's a good like that's a win for for me, honestly. Um, and again, again, the season was never I keep saying that this season wasn't about wins and losses. I didn't expect for it to be like three and 30. Right. I was expecting it to be like maybe like yeah 15 to 20 but seeing the young guys or as Kate Duran or like whatever the core is seeing Ivy whether something is different about them from year like the beginning of the season to the end of the season that's fine with me because this season we weren't supposed I'm not wasn't expecting like a plan I'm like the Pistons as a Pistons fan we have seen that like being mid for like way too long <laughs> but you know where it's like maybe maybe this team could win 42 games and you're like why are we doing this and then we get the eight 
the 12th pick and then we smoke the pick and then we're back in the same place. <laughs> you know, I'd rather like it was cool. It was so cool seeing us get the number one pick for the first time since I think Bob Lanier. Right. So it was cool when we got that pick and was like, hey, we're actually like doing the seller build it back up and just like stay yeah. like i don't think we should blow it up maybe one more season i, I can't i couldn't do that anymore you have yeah. to feel like the lottery is bullshit though correct you're like if like if we set the longest losing streak in nba history don't give us the fucking number six pick like <laughs> i i think that it, look i think that our our season last year was a great lesson of hey just because the mock draft has you at number one for the entire season doesn't mean like the lottery was built. The lottery was built for this purpose, right? Mm. And does it suck that we didn't get Wemby? Yes, but like at the same time, you it would be it would be very foolish to just assume that because your team is the worst that it's going to turn around and you're going to get that one player because the the Bobcats did it. They they won seven games and missed out on Anthony Davis. You know, like that's a that's like I think the missing out on Anthony Davis part hurts more than the seven wins. That's in my opinion. Like if the missing out on Wemby hurts more than the seventeen wins that season, in my opinion, honestly. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Going going back to like you know what John said earlier when he was like, "Why haven't you hopped off?" As someone who has rooted for shitty teams in a former life before, I decided to you know do some self care and take care of my mental here. <laughs> The the terrible years where you know there is no hope at all, where you know you're gonna stink it up, but like those have were always the the most fun. Where where you were like, okay, we're not gonna do shit this year. Let's find some type of joy somewhere. Let's let's find some joy, some laughs, or something to look forward to. It's the years where you're winning 35 games, you're missing the playoffs, and you get the 16th pick or whatever. Those are the years that are you're like, what the fuck was this even for? Like, is that how you feel, Stress Kobe? Stress-free. No, I think that this a lot of these wins, a lot of these, sorry, a lot of these losses were closer than I expected, right? <coughs> like, there's a there's a chart, I think, where the Pistons had, like, 12, they've had, like, 12 first quarter leads or something like that. And it was really weird seeing, like, all of this hope throughout all these games. Like, the Pistons, like, a losing streak is bad when there's hope involved. Like when you when you think when you go into the fourth quarter being like, oh, it's a five point game. That's worse than like the the times where you faced him beat and then lost by like 32. That's better. I could shut the laptop off. I could go play some PS5. Like I can. <laughs> yes. But now now I have to lock in and spend more time. You know, all that that's that's the more like stressful part about it. And there's something beautiful about bad NBA basketball from a bad team when it's fun. When when the rock when like oh yeah the rockets were bad however you got this Jalen Green top ten mm -hmm. like play like this was like two two seasons ago like that like that is something at least to take away from it mm -hmm. but some a lot of these losses have been like dude this is we're this is bad and we also lead the team we also lead the league in turnovers and we also take and make the least threes and we also foul the most. Like they're just like there's so many other elements of basketball that like just you're just like just like drains you. That's what I, that's what I want. To say. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like you know, of course the Pistons are shitty, but I can imagine that you know having Cade as your franchise player is fun. 
You yes. know what I mean? Because because we've seen like the Bobcats be terrible and Gerald Wallace was their best player. Like, how the fuck are you depending on Gerald Wallace to fucking rescue you? You know what I'm saying? Like, I, that that is not some shit that I can, you know, ever like see myself getting behind. But Cade, like, right, like this, this season is a wash. We all know that. But the future is bright for that kid. Yeah, I think that having we know the Pistons know what players that were like, like Pistons fans like are like kind of on board about the players that we should like keep which is fine it's good to have that instead of like us arguing over that i'm glad that we're usually on the same page for that and you know something that that has impressed me is this team still has fight in them like i you know i saw the um the, the nets game where they lost that heartbreaker on that forced turnover by bridges you know, fucking K left it all out. They had like 42, nine and five or some shit. The Celtics game. Back. Yeah. Then they yep. came back next game to Celtics. Celtics game hopped out to a 20 point lead. Right. Like still had fight in them. Blew that. And you know what I'm saying? And then we had the fucking, you know, the game last night versus Utah where, where Burke hit one of the shots of the season to send that shit into overtime. Right. So it's like, you know, what are you taking away from that? That even though they're terrible, like, you know, there's still some fight there, which is something that, you know, you can at least commend them on. I think that they've always had that fight but for the first half of the losing streak i think there was something about their body language mm-hmm. where i th- i saw someone tweet it out but it was like at during that stretch all you needed to do to beat the pistons was like play three minutes of serious basketball because in terms of like them going on a run like a t- if a team like hunkered down and really was just like going on a run the pistons would get in their own head and then like themselves out of the game that's how it was for a little bit but then there's just like a a a corner turn i can't really like bookmark when can't really like point it out i think the corner turn when Cade was like we're not we're not a two in 2016 when Cade said that i think when Cade was like we're not a two in 2016 we're not this bad and people were like yeah your record says that but i also understood Cade being like we're better than this and we're gonna try our best to prove it and i think that that kind of that fight also them staying with the celtics for that long even though we didn't win that game and kate afterward was like hey we could like when, and when we play our best we could like this is this could be the result like we're yeah. not like a, just a roll over and get killed team but like the first half of losing streak they were they were it was bad we we spoke to that how we thought it looked like they didn't care it looked like they had given up you know, uh, until he said, until Cade said that, but uh, yeah, I think around that time, yeah, it seemed like they started to turn it around, and we saw them fighting in the games that Tyler mentioned. But uh, at the point where it seemed like that body language was messed up, and you may have cared more than they even cared, it seemed. How did that feel as a fan? You know, watching that, and as a longtime fan, you feel me? It there was there's as a fan, I realized that I'm entitled to nothing, right? There's nothing like I can I can be as mad such a healthy relationship. I know, I know. This is why you were able to stay with them for 20 years. You know what I mean? Like I get it. Yeah, as I want, but at the end of the day, it's not about me. But I and I had to think about. I had to take a step back and was like, I looked. I probably looked at the roster and was like, this is probably the most games that they've lost in a row ever, like in their career. Right. Mm. Like imagine imagine you have UK played at Montverde. I think they went undefeated then. Yeah. Right. There's like, no there's like, no NBA players on AAU teams that lose fifteen games in a row. Yes. Right. That's so a great, I, a great point. 
So on top of on top of it being frustrating, I feel like for a lot of these players, it's probably also new territory. Mm-hmm. So a lot of them, I, I could I could understand. Again, I'm not gonna like generalize or be like they're probably, but I could understand if you are 15 or if you if you went to if you got to Halloween without a win and got to Thanksgiving without a win, right? Um, I could understand being frustrated, but also feeling the sense of like, hey man, night in and night out, we're trying our best and it's still not, it's still not enough. I can understand how that gets to a, like a team. I can really You're navigating that. new new spaces mentally and emotionally yeah. probably that you've never experienced as one of the best in the world at what you do. That makes sense. Right. Two, two months of playing basketball without a win. I, I could not... Imagine I can imagine what any that would going feel like as a professional <laughs> basketball player, right? I yeah. could not. I, I can't imagine can't. doing anything twenty what twenty seven times in a row and Period. not getting the, the desired result I Period. wanted. Yeah. I want to quit at, at probably double digits. Like it gets to twelve and you get it's like all right, man. Like I mean, they're getting if paid wanna, to keep playing, but if I went over twenty seven in baseball, I'm quitting the league. <laughs> you know, like as a, as a kid, as a kid, as a kid, as a kid, I remember I got to seventh grade and I had I went over twenty seven. I was like, that's a that's a lot of my parents driving me back and forth for no results. I was like, let me just cut my losses there. <laughs> you you went you went over twenty seven. Yeah, I was like, let's try something else because that because this is when this is when this is when like this is when the pitchers like you you, you ever you remember the batting what, cages, what grade right? was this what grade was this you said seventh oh, grade six seventh grade yeah you remember the batting cages? okay oh so this is like yeah, you yeah. said yeah you were born in 95 so this is like the barry bonds peak right around that time yeah yeah, I, yeah. I, I, baseball was my first like like that's my first like if i wanted if i wanted to if i could have played like professional sport i would have been like baseball for sure also, seventh grade is when kids start to get good. You start yep. s- s- start standing out. You start yeah. seeing like if you have it or if you don't. You know what I mean? There was a there was a batting cage in North Carolina. It's called a Grand Slam USA, and they had I'll never forget this. There's three batting cages. One was 35 miles per hour. Right, that's that's light work. That's easy. Right. <laughs> Two, 55 miles per hour. Yeah. It's it's a little bit tougher, but like. It's not, it's like the average, like, okay, you're fine. Like, you just got to buckle down. The third cage, 75 miles per hour. I get into that third cage as like a sixth grader, and I'm just like, like, and I know it's a machine, so it's not going to hit me in the it's head. It's dodgeball. But at the same time, I'm like, oh. <laughs> this shit fast <laughs> as fuck. Yeah. Like, hey, like, this is scary. This is yeah. scary. Yeah. You scary. know what? Yeah, the, yeah. The, 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 the guy I coach my kid's baseball team with, he he had the almost the same story where he was like he's he's from the bay area it was when it was the barry bonds era he was like an all city all district level like he was a really good youth player and then they did an all-star tournament and they faced their first pitcher who really had command and velocity mm-hmm. and he said he's and he was like i've struck out twice the whole year and he struck me out three times in that game and by the time i got back to my parents car i was like i don't got it like I don't like I'm looking at what this dude's doing and I'm like I can't even conceive of hitting the baseball right now. <laughs> also, one thing about that too is like the pitchers get taller. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So you got a pitcher that's like six foot throwing down from that mound. I'm left-handed. He's left-handed. He's throwing that ball from behind my back, nigga, to let that motherfucker go. That feel a little different when it's coming at 75 miles an hour <laughs> right, than it right, was, yeah. you know what I'm saying? When, then when a dude that may be shorter than me is throwing that shit at 45, 50, 60, you know what I'm saying? 
Because you get you fuck around, get hit by that nigga. That shit in the back. It's you know what I mean. You gonna feel that three days from I, now. So I love it's, Kofi's, it's a little different. I love Kofi's idea that the Pistons should try something different. It was that it was like they get to twenty six losses. Oh. Like maybe it's baseball. You know, maybe it's <laughs> soccer. I don't know. Kane might be cold in the outfield. He, he might be a great center fielder. You know what I mean? Personally, I'd be in that locker room. Staring. <laughs> it's time for jazz, fellas. <laughs> Detroit racquetball. Like, but that, but that, I think that just goes to show how like strong-willed these players are to be able. Because I know that Monty was talking about how like spirits were st- were still high, like on a day in day out ba- basis. They're, they are better than me, man. I, That's I a lie, though. Yeah, mind you, ain't no coach That's ever going to admit that, that they lost the locker room. I like, I, 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 I like to think that, though. I like to, I like to imagine that they... Uh, all right, my last question is... My last question, Tyler, is actually a question for Tyler. Tyler, do you want to give a sales pitch to Kofi on how much happier life is when you leave a terrible team behind, <laughs> or do you respect his decision... To remain loyal to I, his no, childhood I, team. I, listen, I, I follow Kofi. Kofi's one of my favorite fucking followers for years. Um, been one of my favorite followers for years. And, bro, like, he's having fun with this shit. And that's exactly what you should do. Like, there is no light at the end of this tunnel, so fuck it. You know what I'm saying? Like, like <laughs> dance in the darkness. You feel me? Like, and that's exactly what my man is doing, man. So I don't, I, I'm not even going to impart any, you know, just, you know, hang it up. Life's better, stress-free. Because Kofi seems to have a good grip on this shit. And I... Uh, I would, people kept people kept texting me and like DMing me. Hey, you okay? I'm like, yeah. This is what this people is concerned like, for you, bro. I'm like, yeah, this is fine. Like, I people are doing sports, wellness bro. checks. This is this is chill. <laughs> we having fun. Is like, hey, look, I'm like, I love my job and I love what I'm able to do. Like, this ain't like. I'm cool. <laughs> People hit you with the just if you ever need to talk, I'm here for you. <laughs> I got hit with that, yeah. God I'm, like, damn. I, I'm like, yo, I'm good, bro. At the end of the day, this is easily one of the this is history. Like we again. Yeah, we this is a season you're never gonna forget, right? I will you know yeah. And I'm being like, able to, like you might forget that 2015 season, like what the fuck was y'all working then, but you're never gonna forget this shit. I'm never know? I'm never gonna forget this, and I'm never gonna forget playing Greg Monroe, Josh Smith, and Andre Drummond all at the same time. I'll never forget that. We got, we all, we got that for that's forever. <laughs> I need to hear more about that. How did that go, bro? I love here. I love like you know on the same shit John was talking about when you realize there is a difference between you know regular dudes and guys who are those guys. Like how did that one go? You know, so you know that original. You know that so the tweets where I have that banner where it's the Pistons banner, but then I changed the like the words on it. Yeah. So that was a bit the entire. Um, the entire losing streak where it's like, yo, we lost by single digits. And I put that on the banner and I'm like, hang it up. Like we good. Like I kept doing that for every loss. Do you know what the original words on that meme are? What? Wave Josh Smith. That is the original, that is the original <laughs> meme from it's the banner and someone, and there's like everybody looking at the rafters being like, Hey, we waved Josh Smith. That's how that went. <laughs> and then we, then not only that, I think we waved Josh Smith and then like won eight games in a row. That was one of the wildest things I've ever seen. I was like, yo, <laughs> that's truly hilarious. All right. Well, like I said, you can find him on secret base. You can find him at, at Kofi Y on TikTok and Twitch. Kofi, thank you so much for taking the time. Best of luck with the rest of the Pistons season. We appreciate you hopping on. 
Again, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. This is a lot of fun. For sure. Appreciate you, my boy. Appreciate you, my boy. The Volume. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.